Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler. Today, I'm chatting with Mike Mall. Mike is the marketing strategist at Market Me Consulting and can be found online at marketme.co. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Sandy. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to continue the conversation. We started a little bit here beforehand, and I want to talk a little bit when we get into it about how your influence has helped you be fluid in where you're living. But first, let's talk about Market Me, Market Me Consulting. Tell us a little about what you're doing, who you're helping there, how you help clients. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it started back in 2013. Uh, I actually came from a completely different background. I was working in a very, you know, standard kind of corporate environment and insurance. Um, was not the right fit for me. Um, I had a lot of trouble kind of conforming to that process. And what kind of spun out of that is I, I taught myself how to run Google ads back in you know September of 2013. And I just kind of kept building and evolving and learning more, but I really kind of fell into marketing. I didn't really know that that was where I was going to wind up. But as soon as I started it, it felt the right thing. And I just felt myself automatically kind of picking up the pieces of it. And uh, yeah, we've been, we've been growing ever since. Um, I've got now got a small team. Uh, we work fully remotely as we were talking about a little bit offline. And uh, yeah, it's just been an amazing journey. So when you're working with clients, what are you doing with them? How are you helping them? Yeah, so we kind of have two sides to the business. One is kind of a traditional digital marketing agency, uh, specifically Google and Facebook ads. We're helping companies generate leads, helping them get more awareness online. And that's kind of the bulk of our our business today. Uh, The other side is kind of from a strategic standpoint. Um, It's usually just involving myself in terms of, you know, the application of it. So I'm a fractional CMO for two organizations where I kind of sit in and I act as if I were the head of their marketing, I oversee their, you know, the other agencies that they're working with and help them make strategic decisions. And that's kind of the other 50% of the company is, is the strategy wing. So as you're working with clients, are there, are there common issues, common things you see companies doing? Let's just say it, let's say things they're doing wrong or opportunities that as a whole, we tend to miss out on. Yeah, absolutely. I think most business leaders today are still falling into this bucket of not creating an understanding for themselves and having an education around how these products work and and their function within the business. Too many times I talk to people where all they see is marketing as an expense. It's an out the door expense and they don't think about it like an investment. And the reason that happens is the lack of education. And you don't need to be a master of how the analytics work and using dashboards. You don't have to be proficient, but having a baseline understanding lets you know if you now pull, you know, lever A versus lever B, you know, what gave us more of a positive revenue outcome. If you don't have a basic knowledge of that, every time you buy an ad 
or pay someone to help you get more exposure. Um, you're just seeing it as a risk and as an expense, which I think is a huge mistake. That's interesting. And so when you work with them and you're able to now show them effectively, they're growing their business, they're growing their influence in the online space by working with you. How do they respond to that? Um, you know, pretty well. We're, you know, we're, I consider ourselves very boutique. We're a small firm, but some of the customers that I, you know, I knocked on their door and begged them to let me try advertising for them back in 2013. Um, two of them are still clients today and are our core clients. And so for, uh, for me, it was just about, you know, work hard, is part of it, you know, you should, you should be doing that anyway. But I think what, what we do that clients respond really well to is we bring them along for the journey. We teach them how stuff works. Some of them don't want to know everything, but we force everybody to have a baseline understanding because if we do something great, if we have a campaign that takes off or an idea that goes viral, I, I want them to understand the impact of that so they can get excited to do more where I think a lot of places just kind of slap the report on your desk every month and say, yeah, we did great. And, and if they don't have the buy-in to it being great, it's very hard to get the buy-in to expand the relationship. So what are your top strategies for helping them with their ads and marketing? You know, it's very, very, very kind of custom, but there are a couple of core things that I believe in all the way. I mean, digital ads um, from platform to platform versus a lot of the traditional methods are so much less expensive to test um, they have so much more wide reach. They have so much more transparency in what's going on behind them that I think if you're not doing digital, you're really, really missing out. Now, I'm not saying you have to be on every platform running ads on Snapchat and LinkedIn. You know, Google and Facebook ads are two of the most powerful platforms. Actually, let me rephrase, are the most two powerful advertising platforms in the world and the world has never seen anything like them. So, some people will argue and say, oh, well, I tried it one time and it didn't work. You probably didn't do it well. Um, those two platforms with the level of intelligence and the way that you can target people, it's very hard to not have success with Facebook, Facebook and Google ads. So as you built your business, now your business sounds like it's a little different from your clients' businesses. Were you using the same strategies to grow and gain influence for your own business or did you try different strategies? And if so, what? Yeah, for me, it was really, really different. My team used to hound me because they're like, we got to put out blogs, we need to be visible, we got to, you know, we need something out there to show who we are and our knowledge and our, our skill set. And I'm a terrible writer. Um, grammar, spelling, just ne it just never connected with me. Like, you know, if I didn't have Grammarly, I would never send an email out. To be, to be honest. Um, so for me, I discovered podcasting uh, about two and a half years ago. And I just kind of got on a similar to what we're doing. You know, you get on, you ask people questions, or you let them ask you questions. And if you're an expert or you have skill set in that, that realm, it's very easy, right? I was letting people come on and ask me marketing questions. And I just basically gave them a free consultation and recorded the content. And that really changed our business. And that worked really well for me, but I think, you know, each individual person, you have to come at it from the areas that you're the strongest, right? For me, the writing thing, I just, I don't, I don't have a good cadence to it. I'm not good at it. It frustrates me. It makes me feel exhausted. Every time I start, I just feel tired already, but I knew that, you know, speaking and creating video, I, 
came very naturally to me. So I tried to play to my strengths and not get good at the stuff that I just wasn't going to be good at. And I really just focused on the things that were, were easier for me to do. And that made the content flow out way better. So do you find yourself grabbing your phone and when you need to write an email or write a letter, find yourself recording it first and then pulling that from the audio, pulling the content from your audio? Yeah. If I'm comfortable enough with the person at this point, I just send audio messages. I try not to write anything if I can avoid it. Now, obviously, you know, in, in certain circumstances with more formal clients, there, there has to be that. Um, and I, I, I leverage online tools like Grammarly where it actually goes in and spell checks and grammar checks. And even, even just the, the syntax and the cadence of the language, it, you know, will give you suggestions to make it sound smarter. And I, so if I'm writing, I never do it from my phone. It's always from my computer where I know I have the backup of Grammarly to save me. But yeah, I, I'm really, you know, video and, and audio heavy in my messages these days. And I'm curious what you think the effect of that is on your influence as you were working on gaining influence in your industry, being utilizing and leaning on the strength of the audio, even something like sending an audio message or short videos. Yeah, I, you know, I think it accelerated me um, past some of the people that I used to aspire to share their level of influence. There were people that I was like, man, I just wish I could, you know, have the same cadence or have the same audience size as, as these other people. And I think where I feel like I took advantage is I just stayed all in, in that lane of, of creating workshops, being in front of people, doing question and answer style of material rather than me lecturing. I just knew that, people responded to it and it came off better and it was more genuinely Mike. And so I haven't switched from that. I've really just kind of dug in and I, I I'm very focused on only putting out that type of material. Um, and I think it's helped propel me really, really quickly into where I want to be. You know, I, I leveraged that in a couple of different ways, you know, the amount of, you know, word of mouth, referral business I get on the agency side, all of our business comes from someone who has a relationship or someone who discovered a YouTube video of mine and, and who's now come into that conversation. Everything that's happening in terms of growth is, you know, existing relationships and me putting out content that makes us an authority. So, I mean, it's been, it's been feeding our business for, for as long as we've been doing it, which is great. So as you went through this growth process, what were your top challenges in growing your company? Great question. Uh, building a team and keeping that team on track and motivated was the hardest for me. Um, as you know, solopreneur, entrepreneur, you know, we always think that we're the smartest and we can do everything the best, which more often than not is not the case. Um, there's, there's, you know, I took away the ego after my first couple of years. And that really removed a lot of the challenges. But at the beginning, it was, you know, I want you to do this process exactly as I tell you and make sure you, you know, and, and I would um, I would micromanage and I would try and be on top of everything at all times. And it really hurt 
the quality and the productive and the just the mindset of the team feeling like, oh, Mike's gonna like pick on what I'm what I'm building and he's not gonna he's gonna make me change it a million times. And and it took me a lot it took me a while and a lot of trial and error and losing people, quite frankly, to start getting out of the way there and letting the experts who I brought on to do stuff do it um, and get out of my own way in terms of having production that way. Have you been able to take any of those lessons that you learned there and use those in helping your clients or showing them how they can use what you learned from those lessons? Great question. Yeah. So on the agency side, not so much. Most of it is, you know, we're just the marketing engine. We're not the consultants or the business strategists. So they kind of, most companies we do that work for have their own teams. But when COVID hit, I actually started helping some friends of mine grow their businesses. So, you know, anyone who had a business to business service company was kind of stuck at a certain revenue dollar. I was like, yeah, I was there five years ago. I wonder if I could come up with a plan to kind of make them get past those challenges quicker. And so when I'm coaching people, um, which is kind of the the new business I'm in the process of, of getting off the ground, a lot of that stuff comes into play. You know, how do you create systems so that somebody can do the work without you looking over them? How do you, you know, step away from the ego of, of you, you have to be the decision maker or the final say on everything. How do you get away from that by seeing how much it's hurting you to be doing it? And, and so I do help people in a, in a smaller sense on, on that way. Yeah. So did the influence that you had gained through the agency side of your business help you with this pivot that you made? Or it's really more not so much of a pivot as an extension of your business. Yeah, I think I think all the way. Um, I, I don't think I could be even scratching the surface of what I'm doing without the influence without finding that cadence of communication for me to put me out in the world in the right way. You know, now that I, you know, I, I speak at a number of events all online in the last year, but, you know, I was on stage a little bit, you know, the previous year, which was way more fun, but you know, it is what it is. Um, even those events and those, the podcasts that I go on now going out, that's what people hear and they can feel and see me in the way that is the most real to me. If somebody were to read a blog post of the exact same concept and the same idea, it would be written by somebody else. I would have to have somebody ghostwrite it and, and improve it. And you wouldn't get me and my ideas and, and it wouldn't, it just wouldn't come across in the right way. And so I think, yeah, you know, creating this, this very narrow path of how I put stuff out and just going really hard and trying to build an audience around those ideas and that cadence has, has helped me tremendously. And I, I wouldn't be where I am today on the coaching and, and strategy side specifically without having created content and, and getting out in the world like that. Well, and speaking of getting out in the world, tell us a little about where you've been in the world during COVID and how that was even possible due to the influence that you have attained in your business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, a big part of, so I, I'm currently living in Mexico. Uh, it's a little surf town called Sayulita. I've been here for most of the last 14 months with the exception of, of a couple months. Um, I built this company around the idea of everyone being able to be remote. I've always, from the beginning, I was like, you know what? No offices. We're all going to be out there doing, you know, in different places with different, you know, different personalities. I love that concept, 
But I think at the beginning, it was very difficult. And I didn't have the, I didn't feel like I had the freedom to be able to travel because I didn't feel like the business was running smoothly, partially because of, you know, my leadership and the influence that I had with the people that I was working with. And now that we've cleaned a lot of stuff up and we've built better processes and we've let people go out and do the things that, you know, they do well, well, um, I feel like I don't have to be in my apartment in Toronto, even though they weren't with me in the apartment, I feel a level of freedom now, which has been incredible. And, and I, I consider myself to be a full-time traveler and I'll, I'll probably be around floating around for the next couple of years. I'm really excited about it. That is exciting. And listening to you talk again about the way you shifted the way you work with your team, it started me thinking about their influence on your business. Did you see a shift in that along the way? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's funny because you're, you know, you have a level of, of friendship and acquaintanceship with the people that work for you. But at the end of the day, the dynamic of that relationship is always employee employer. But sometimes as the boss, you find it hard because you could socialize with them and you can interact with them in a, in a certain way. Right. And I think they they have a hard time saying like, you're not being a good boss. You're not letting me do what I need to do because they're worried that, you know, will I lose my job if I'm pushing back, you know, will, will he be a jerk to me if I tell him he's not doing a good job. And so I couldn't see what I couldn't see. I didn't understand what those blind spots were until I started shifting my mindset and shifting the way that I was leading. After that, I kind of went back and to the people that kind of experienced, you know, the crappy mic versus the, the, you know, I consider myself a better mic than I was not the greatest, but still pretty good. Um, I now like, I almost went back and, and felt like I needed to apologize for not being good at that time. And as much, oh, you know, don't worry about it. We still liked you. It was all okay. Like I, I'm thinking back to like, how would they have experienced and thought about me? And I'm like, I wouldn't have liked me actually in some scenarios. Um, so I think giving them that freedom and then now them having the better version, the better leader, I see more creativity. I see them come with more energy, with more ideas, um, improving areas that I wouldn't be able to improve myself. And they're not afraid to bring it to the table because they feel like they have that autonomy to do it. I like that. And it reminds me of years ago, sitting in a Starbucks, listening to the two women next to me talking, because you can't, you can't avoid that in a Starbucks, you're too close together. And one of them had a husband who had gone to work for an entrepreneur. And that was exactly what he was complaining about is they hired me for a skill set and won't let me use it. So I appreciate you sharing that lesson with us. And I'm curious then looking forward, you know, we've looked at influence from a few different angles. I'm curious what you plan to do or if you have plans to grow your influence and what those plans might be. Yeah, absolutely. I think I know that me being out in these types of ecosystems and people hearing my story and, and the things that I'm working on, I know that that brings positive attention to me and helps grow different parts of the business, depending on who the, who the, the listener is. But I, you know, I see a ton of value in it. And especially like at, you know, speaking at an event where you're leveraging the attention of a number of other people and, and all the other speakers who are bringing their audience to the table. Um, I just, I just, I'm, I'm all in on it. Actively seeking out those things, you know, 
it's not as direct as the traditional style of marketing. You can't just turn it on and off, right? There's, you know, an event goes live when it goes live and its attendance is based on how good they do at promoting it. So it's not perfect in the sense it's not predictable, but I think it compounds when you do more and more and more and more of it. And the, the, you know, the duds go by the wayside and the ones that work really, really well come out working well. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm actively pursuing, you know, podcasts, speaking events, hosting my own workshops, um, all of that stuff. Cause I just know that that's the real mic in terms of the way I wrap my head around business, the way I'm better at question and answer, like all that stuff comes out as the real me. And I just know that that's how all of our businesses come so far. So I, I'm always seeking opportunities to get out more. Well, that sounds great. Mike, where can we find you online? Uh, great question. So uh, on the marketing agency side, it's marketme.co. Um, the coaching business is mikemall.co. And if you want to follow um, my travel and adventure and get some business content uh, on Instagram at the Mike Mall. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for being so, so honest and sharing your lessons learned and therefore tips for all of us in improving our journeys and uh, just for taking the time to be here with us today. It's very much appreciated. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.